great recipe. My husband couldn't believe it was eggplant. We'll be making again. I usually don't leave comments, but wow! My family loved this recipe. <laughs> no leftovers, you know what that means. I'll be cooking dinner tomorrow night too. <laughs> my kids ate this up, but it was too salty for me. I don't eat the salt because I get so thirsty. Next time I'll halve the salt. Good recipe, but just not the salt though. Good morning, sweet world, and welcome to the No Dunks Podcast on the Athletic Network, a fine network. It's Tuesday, May 23rd, 2023. I'm J.E. Skeets here in the Classic Factory, and alongside me, as always, Tass Mellis. Podcast listeners, this is for you. Next to him, it's the bearded one, my top shot hot boy, Trey Kirby. Hey, yo. Hey, yo. And last but not least, over yonder, making the magic happen, super producer JD. Hello. There he is. Here we are. Shout out to the stream team joining us live right now on YouTube. Hit that like button and subscribe. Comment away. Go get your No Dunks merch over at NoDunks.com. We dropped a new No Dunks Nuggets mug to celebrate Denver's first ever trip to the NBA Finals. And catch this, 23% off Breaking T's entire Denver basketball collection. Just use the promo code ND23. That's going to last for today. Oh. Yes. A one-day-only flash sale on all the Denver Nuggets gear. Again, the promo code is ND23. Uh, any of the Denver Nuggets merch over at Breaking Tea. Can't wait to see some Nuggets in that mug. <laughs> You're going to fill it up? Somebody will. Interesting. Wow. <laughs> Interesting. That's a good I've idea. never eaten sure. a nugget out of a mug, <laughs> and now I want to try it. I've never eaten a nugget out of any sort of drinking Vessel. Yeah. I'm looking at either. that mug you got over there, the I Good know. Morning Perfect. Sweet World. You can fit a dozen in there, I think. Yeah. yeah stack them up. Yeah, stack them up. And yeah, then you just... want to see some coming up the top for sure. Maybe have a second mug with all the dip in it. Exactly. <laughs> 12 ounces of dip. Yeah. Oh. Sorry, I had my mug in my hand. I figured I'd take a drink. Uh, all right. Lots to talk about here on today's show. And yeah, a congratulations to the Denver Nuggets and all their fans. They go to their first NBA Finals. Jokic leading them past the Lakers. 113-111. Another close game. But in the end, Denver gets the sweep. Tass, where do you want to start, man? Well, a pretty fitting ending with Nikola Jokic hitting the game-winning shot. And then the guy that the Lakers were going at early in the series, it looked like that was the guy they're going to be focusing on in Jamal Murray makes the defensive strip on LeBron James as he tried to go in for the game-tying shot there at the end. Mm. So their best two players pulling it out in the end, but we could start at the beginning where it looked like this was going to be the LeBron James show, 31 in the first half. Fantastic stuff going into the second half. Camera was on him as he got the ball to bring it up. Took a big breather. <sighs> Thought, oh, man, I mean, he's going to have another great second half. <laughs> uh, he's getting ready. But the body just wasn't there in the fourth quarter, even though he took – Two consecutive charges on Jokic there, the four or five minute mark. He had five fouls, Jokic did on, on the other side, and they were giving LeBron the ball to line up with Jokic. Mm-hmm. Darvin Ham was setting up the pick and rolls. All right, he's got five fouls. Let's go on. But he obviously didn't have it. The thing I liked about Braun was that he did go down shooting and did take those last two attempts. Uh, but it was the other side where Jokic. Hit that shot with three minutes left. The classic. What the hell is going on uh, in in this position possession? And he hits that three to put him up six. Is there a guy that you'd 
rather have the ball in his hands, like in a desperation situation mm. with like forty arms in front of him. <laughs> I'm 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 picking him as far as a guy that. It looks like there's no chance that the ball is going to go in. Like there's this possession is dead. Anyways, he hits that shot and then he hits the game winner, which was awesome. With 50 seconds left, he's on the sideline, and Anthony Davis is all over him, and he just barrels through Anthony Davis, barrels through Dennis Schroeder to get to the rim. So, an incredible fight from the Lakers in, in this one. Uh, but yeah, Jokic sealed the deal. So it was, it was pretty damn fitting that even with five fouls, and I and I thought, oh man, this is this is terrible. Obviously for <laughs> for the Joker charging into Braun with six minutes left for his fourth foul. I thought, just shoot that thing. It's a wide open shot, but he goes and charges in. Then he pushes off the next possession, stays on the game, and hits two incredible shots to win this thing. Yeah, 30 points, 14 boards, 13 assists for the Joker, including those huge shots down the stretch. The uh, insane three-pointer that looked like a two-pointer because everyone was like, hold on. Was he behind the line? Change it to the three. And then you're right, that one at the end where it was the game-winning basket I mean, they almost missed it, it felt like, on the broadcast after all that had happened there. And then they get it into him, and he just barrels to the rim and scores. But what a game. He took control of that game in the third quarter, too, Trey, where they're down 15. And then him and Aaron Gordon just went to work on the glass, and he was masterful, The uh, Jokic was, in that third quarter to give them the lead. They won the quarter by 20. Huge quarter. Yeah. Huge quarter for the Nuggets and... I mean, just an awesome, awesome performance all the way around. This was a really fun sweep. Like, this was a 4-0 series. Not always entertaining, but only 24 points separated these two teams over the course of four games. You look at the box scores at the end of the series. Anthony Davis, 27 points per game, 14 rebounds, uh, 2.8 blocks per game. LeBron went for 28, almost 10 rebounds, 10 assists. He's basically at a triple-double. Jamal Murray, 32, 6-5, 50-40-90 for the series. And Nikola Jokic clears all of them quite easily, yeah. averaging 28 a game, 14.5 rebounds, 12 assists, 50% from the floor, 47 from three, getting that Oscar Robertson WCF MVP trophy quite clearly. Those were four great performances from the stars in this series, but Jokic was the starriest of stars. He was especially in the second half last night. Uh, and especially down the stretch coming through in the clutch. Like, maybe that's got to be the strategy for how to hit last-second shots. Take it from inside the arc, but fade away so hard that the foot you actually launch on is behind the line. That was incredible. (laughs) The lean back that Jokic had, he must have been almost parallel to the ground. Um, (laughs) Felt like a dagger, but there was three minutes left or whatever. There was a lot more game to go on, and then just the patience to get to the hole on that last one and finish uh, at the rim. I had just watched an Instagram clip about... 12 ways to score from the corner. That was one of them. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. Fundamental. Good take. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It honestly, like mentally, would have been really easy, I thought, for the Nuggets to be like, all right, not our night. Let's pack it in. See you back in Denver for game five, and we'll close it out there. What I mean by that is you have LeBron going Nova in the first half with the 31. First quarter with 21. You're down 15. Crowd's into it. They're growing. Denver was increasingly frustrated by the officials and the whistle and Malone going nuts. And it would have been, I think a lot of teams would have been like, look, okay, we're up 3-0. This is rough. You know, let's just sort of save our energy a little bit and let's go take care of business, like I said, at home. But instead, you know, they roar back in the third quarter and then with guys in foul trouble, still manage to play and have an impact on the game. That's a hell of a win. I mean, like, it's not like the Lakers rolled over and died in any of these games. They had to win this series and win game four. 
and are, of course, the favorites no matter who they play in the NBA Finals, and rightfully so. You're right. The Nuggets don't die. Um, It it was surprising, even in our group chat, the guy who always calls the game early when there's a double-digit lead for one team said, oh, the other team's going to come back. So the Nuggets are going to come back. Nailed it. Yeah, totally right. (laughs) (laughs) That was the first half Grisham. It's over for the other team. (laughs) And it came through. And he called it. That's a first for everything. (laughs) (laughs) It is shocking that uh, the Nuggets um, and Lakers did have four really tight games, as you said. And a very entertaining sweep, and uh, it was clear that the Nuggets just weren't going to die. What ha- what died was the Lakers' three-point shooting in the second half. Uh, they started hot 6 of 10 in the first half, then only hit one in the second half. And the Nuggets just stay hot, baby. And a great sign for them going into the NBA Finals is that Aaron Gordon, the guy who was the coldest shooter of all of them, who was reluctant to shoot, now feeling good, mm-hmm. hitting three threes in this shot. So they have four starters with three threes. Uh, That is humongous. So everybody is feeling good uh, shooting the ball. Everybody. And that's the scary part of this team. Just going forward. There's, there's, there's no weak link. Right. Uh, they're, they're just so hot. Aaron Gordon, yeah, his best game of the series last night. 22 points, six boards, five assists, the two blocks. He actually got credited with the block at the end of the game, though I thought really it was Murray the one bottling like him up. wrapped him up, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, That's what it showed in the ball. box score. But, um, yeah, he was amazing. I mean, getting into it with LeBron James, Aaron Gordon, we're talking about, you know, he was like sort of pinning his arm. LeBron was yeah. pissed off. Like, you know, he's not wasn't afraid of the moment and had his best game. Like I said, he was huge. And did he did he speed up his shot a little bit? Because I, mean, I know he's re- reluctant earlier in the series. It looked like he was going a little a little faster. There was a little little hitch in it. It looked just different from the old Aaron Gordon. But anyway, he was it's going it it's going down. And he was doing his great job, which he always does, of like finding space around the rim. And you're playing with the greatest passer in the game, and Jokic, he's gonna find you. That one where he slipped a switch. Uh, late in the fourth quarter, and Jokic just threw a gorgeous pass inside to him. He did a fine enough job at the line. I know he split uh, a pair pretty late, but yeah, that was his best game. And then Contavious Caldwell Pope. Holy crap. Uh, this guy, I think it was BetMGM tweeting just a photo of I'm Vengeance from the Batman series because that's what KCP is with the Lakers right now. He like 13 points. He had that little stretch where he scored seven straight when the Lakers started this game on fire. You know, LeBron was attacking, getting inside. KCP bangs a three, then he bangs another three, and the foul hit the free throw. Yeah, 13 overall. And I loved him at the end. I think it gets overlooked in this game because you get into the LeBron shots and misses and all that. But, like, that one where LeBron was forced with the shot clock, like, at three and a half seconds in the corner, that happened because of KCP tipping the ball and deflecting the ball out of bounds as it was trying to get swung around, I believe, to Reeves in the corner. And then the and then the Lakers had you know like I said like three seconds to do something and it was a tough shot from LeBron but that was KCP and if you see him after he tips that he turns around and he is screaming at the Nuggets like let's go he sensed it we can get this stop I thought him and Bruce Brown and Aaron Gordon these guys like we've gone through it all series long everybody has contributed in whatever minutes they get that was awesome it was a that was a championship level win from the Nuggets last night their starters every starter played forty minutes. Bruce Brown got 20 minutes, and Jeff Green got 10 minutes. Basically the same for the Lakers as well. Everybody knew this was the last game of the series. We're going to go all out to try and win it. KCP was incredible this series. 15 points per game, 48 from the field, 44 from three. There were multiple quarters where he was the guy kind of bailing the Nuggets out. Uh, Maybe it was vengeance. I don't know. I haven't (laughs) watched a single one of those Batman movies. (laughs) Keaton's the only Batman for me as far as I'm concerned. He's in the next one, isn't he? 
He's in I the know. Flash. Now, I, now I got to go see the Flash because I liked the movie 30 years ago. <laughs> it was ridiculous. Uh, but nonetheless, KCP was great. Michael Porter Jr. was awesome. Ten rebounds last night. The guy has figured out how to be six foot ten <laughs> out there. Is yep. kind of what it comes down to. Uh, there were not a lot of substitutions and players coming in and out of the game last night because uh, that was some playoff basketball. Great, great stuff for the Nuggets to pull it out, especially after, like you're saying, after those two charges on Jokic, he's got five fouls. You're like, "Uh uh-oh, this is the turning point in the game. And it was not. And at he all. even did the he did the slick move where like he let LeBron get a layup at one point. Definitely did because he's like I, yeah. you know I reach in here I'm I'm probably getting my sixth foul out of this game I'll give up the two points and we'll go from there. Smart and, move. And he had some hilarious moments on the perimeter guarding LeBron at the end because it felt like LeBron's just going to go by him five fouls. Uh, and Jokic was going to allow him, mm-hmm. um, but the help came, and Jokic also, just, he just played jazz hands. Like, he literally was just doing this uh, <laughs> on one possession, just shaking shaking his hands as I'm doing a little jazz hands to just, uh, you know I'm not going to try and stop you. Right. We just we know the plan. We're just going to go. a little. Uh, yeah, defense for offense. Uh, you know, he's a funny guy. He shakes his ass during uh, jump balls. We, we know that famous clip that got Bill Kennedy laughing. Uh, yeah, he's still, he's still a jokester. Jokic the jokester at the end of games. Um, but yeah, his teammates, you can't say enough about those dudes. I, I know we, we talked about KCP 20 plus point game. Uh, and then the only, the only slow game he had was an, an eight point game when he was in foul trouble in the series I'm talking about. And I thought his, his vocal leadership, you talk about him, him talking, he got Michael Porter Jr. Going in that game. All these guys don't stop talking. This that's a championship team. They're just ready. You hear Michael Malone screaming at the, everybody. He's lost his voice. Uh, he's got a week to get his voice back, but he loves, <laughs> he loves yelling at people. Um, and like he's, he's an old school guy and you could, you could literally see him saying F you uh, without without the uh, the acronym there to the to the referee for that tech foul like really really I thought really, he was gonna get himself tossed it was close. for a second and I was like ah what do I got to lose here maybe this will inspire the guys but, they got the fight they yeah. just have the fight all of them uh, we did see Tristan Thompson in this game <laughs> honestly my first note about the game <laughs> Tristan Thompson did good <laughs> what like I woke went to bed last night woke up this morning very first thing Tristan Thompson. Unbelievable stuff. He contributed. Mm-hmm. They did give him a post-up in the second half of an elimination game. That yeah. was weird. Yeah. But he was looking like Wilt Chamberlain out there. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, Mark Jackson and Van Gundy were trying to convince us he was Wilt Chamberlain. Okay, let's slow down a bit. Start that, the- that was a nice dunk, though. Yeah. Had yeah. Great feed from LeBron. Yep. Tristan Thompson's not done. Yeah. At the start of the fourth quarter, you're right. He had that big dunk. Uh Got fouled on it. He missed the free throw. And then on the other end, he he sort of blocked or at least changed the shot of Aaron Gordon right underneath the rim. They went the other way. I think LeBron got fouled, and he split his free throws there too. Thompson had the walk-off interview because LeBron left with four seconds to go in the first half (laughs) at halftime. I didn't even realize. LeBron left four seconds ago. He's going back to the locker room to whatever, get his IV or whatever the heck he's doing back there. And uh, Tristan Thompson said, our backs are against the wall. This is when we get great players to step up to the plate. He's the head of the snake. This is why he makes the big bucks. His halftime interview was about LeBron. <laughs> All the questions. Yeah. The guy's got 31 and a half. He's never done this before. Yeah, so well, at least, he stepped up in Lisa that Salters was ready to interview LeBron James. Of course. <laughs> and then he's gone. I heard Rashad McCann say, uh, where's he going? Where's, he's going to the locker room? Oh, he's probably going to get his new legs. His second set of legs. Mm. Uh, you know he's got some uh, an additional legs. Unfortunately, the legs weren't there uh, in the second half. But yeah, TT coming through. Yeah, he had hops. I, there's a rumor. Uh, 
we all know that he was on the ESPN set. He was doing TV a month ago. Right. Yes. Right. Um, there's a rumor that he was using jump soles, jumping around the ESPN set, and that's why he still got hops. I mean, I thought he got up. I know. <laughs> more, well, I, more than I guess he hasn't barely played. He should have the freshest legs. Yeah, the I guess so. Yeah, he had one super jump, and you know he's going to talk trash when he gets a dunk. He did some trash talking. And uh, Ham did what we thought he might do in terms of the starting lineup. Yeah, going Schroeder, going Rui. Um, I mean, it worked. looked like it was the right call. I mean, it got off to a great start. I mean, a lot of this was LeBron just decided, I'm going to live in the paint, touch paint, either score, get to line, or kick out. And he had the three-pointer going. His three-pointer was back so much that he was throwing in alley-oop passes. <laughs> that was crazy. I don't know what was wilder, Jokic's shot at the end, or LeBron <laughs> trying to throw an alley-oop pass that just straight up went in. Uh, but yeah, he just, not surprisingly, ran out of steam as the second half went on. I know he was trying to find his win and all that, but... He had a quiet second half, and he had two chances to tie this thing up. That one in the corner, like I said, which was, uh, he missed badly. Uh, I think it went off the side of the backboard, if I remember correctly. Mm -hmm. And then the one at the end, four seconds to go, uh, where they call up the play, and he attacked. And great job by the Nuggets to to swallow him up, and he couldn't really even get the shot up on the rim. Were it not LeBron James' 20th season, and he's 38 years old, coming off a foot injury, people would be looking sideways at LeBron for his fourth quarter performance in this series. Had a couple of shots that could have tied or won the game for the Lakers tonight. Took that weird three at the end of game one, just a pull-up for basically no reason when he'd been roasting Jamal Murray. Uh, He got outplayed in the fourth quarter, sometimes by Murray and sometimes by Jokic, and that's part of why this series ended up a sweep, rather than the Lakers actually stealing a game or two, but... He also carried the team for 47 minutes basically every single night except for game one. So you live with it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we'll get to LeBron and his uh, post-game press conference there and whether or not he's considering retirement in a second. I, I did, did misspeak on something. Yeah, you said it, the Oscar Robertson MVP trophy yeah, for the, the Nuggets. West. The Nuggets get the Oscar Robertson trophy for winning the Western Conference Finals. Jokic got, Jokic the, Magic got the Magic Johnson trophy. Yeah, there you go. There you go. <laughs> Wait, uh, way to correct yourself. Yeah, I got yeah. names now. Yeah. And that's why Lisa Salter said the aptly MVP trophy, the aptly named MVP trophy, the Magic Johnson trophy, because Jokic is a triple-double master. That's right. That's right. Makes sense. What, what was that? His eighth? Eighth triple-double of the playoffs. I think Statitude said that only Jokic, Jason Kidd, and Magic Johnson are the only people to ever average a triple-double in a conference final series. So he did that. Rightfully wins it, uh, and uh, like you said, the, the the Nuggets winning the West is the Oscar. <laughs> yeah. Oscar they won, they won an Oscar last night. <laughs> they did. They won an Oscar. I have two fashion questions for you, Trey. Uh, the first one, uh, I think we have a photo. What do you think about the conference champion? Uh, you know, trucker hats. That's a big patch. Big old patch. Oh, right. Big old patch. Big old hat. And then the shirts like got a baseball vibe to me. I like the shirts. Yeah. And I like the hats, but the hats to me, similar to when they did dad hats, I think it was after Kevin Durant's first title with the Warriors, uh, and they switched like a dad hat look. It's like cool hat, but it doesn't look like your championship hat. It doesn't yeah. look like your finals hat. Um, but I can see these being very popular in Denver. Okay. And then, uh, again, we don't have a photo of this next thing. Jamal Murray's brown shoes. <laughs> That's a look. <laughs> He's worn them. Yeah, he wore them. Er- he wore them earlier in the playoffs. He had an incredible. I think it was the game where he hit like that backwards layup over the top of his head. You never forget a pair of all brown <laughs> shoes. <laughs> mm. <laughs> I don't know. New Balance. Uh, they're 
reintroducing themselves to the basketball world. They make great off-court shoes, no doubt about it. And there's a lot of brown in a New Balance yeah. off-court shoes. So I guess they're trying to take um, the woods to the hardwood. <laughs> Your results may vary. Yeah. <laughs> Any other notes on the actual game before we pivot? Yeah, one last LeBron. note I have. The only thing I did that didn't come up was uh, Nikola Jokic got fouled by Rui Hachimura. Just hitting him right on the nose. He booped him. <laughs> well, boop right there. Yep. Unfortunately, that is a three... Shot foul uh, for Rui, and that was actually kind of a big play, the old boopster. Yeah. Uh, Anthony Davis also fouled Jamal Murray on a three-point yeah, attempt. So yeah, that was, that was not a good one, one yeah. either. So uh, some mental lapses there from uh, from the Lakers. So the Nuggets have yet to trail in any series. They're 8-0 at home in the playoffs. They're 12-3 overall this postseason run. Did they not lose in overtime in the, in the first round? Yeah, they the lost Timberwolves. to the Timberwolves. Jokic went to the line right. down one with two free throws. He went one for two, and that's how they got to overtime. So they lose that game, which is basically we're getting at it like a toss-up there that yep. they should have maybe won. Uh, and then the two losses to the Suns where it took you know incredible performances, mainly from Devin Booker, but also Kevin Durant at home. That's it right now, 12-3. and three So what you're saying is they're winning this thing. I'm not betting against them. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, uh, I'm excited to see what – Probably Jimmy and the Heat could do. Of course. But it, I, you know what's going to be fascinating, though? The Nuggets, all playoffs at least, have this no-one-respects-us attitude. You know, Malone has leaned into this. Big part of it, playing the Lakers in the conference finals. You're playing LeBron James. You know, him going to a million conference finals. Him playing in a lot of finals. But now it's really no longer true. Okay? That's done. People respect you. Everybody knows you're awesome. You're not underrated. You're you're not really underappreciated, I don't think, anymore. You're not gonna be the underdogs. People have so all just, learned who Jokic is. It just be it'll be interesting to see whether Malone tries to still run with that narrative and the team does, or do you do you try and do you have to pivot now with your uh, your coaching bulletin board material? Uh, because if it's the Heat, it, I'm sorry, you're just not going to be you're not going to be overlooked for the dogs or anything. And it's worked for them. Don't get me wrong. Especially because the Heat have been overlooked. Yeah, they're, they're going to be <laughs> the yes, underdogs. Uh, yeah. But I don't know the Heat. You know, so far they've beaten the two teams. Well, almost, almost beaten the two teams in the NBA with the best records so right. far. Philly right. was the third best record. They are already out, but Denver next up. Oh. Uh, but it's different to go from nobody believed in us to everybody believed in us. I don't remember ESPN doing a whole bunch of segments about if the Heat could beat the Nuggets. They did it all the time for the Lakers after the trade deadline, and the answer from Kendrick Perkins was always yes. Zach Lowe was sticking up for the Nuggets, uh, but maybe they're deep in the archives somewhere, but I doubt it. I doubt people were looking at the 7th and 8th seeded Heat saying, oh, I bet they'll be making a run to the finals here. How do they match up against a team that's never made it? Yeah, yeah, probably unlikely. Uh, All right, let's talk LeBron here. He ended his uh, post-game news conference last night by telling reporters, quote, going forward with the game of basketball, I've got a lot to think about. Everybody's like, what? what? Hey, what? Following the news conference, uh, Dave McMenamin of ESPN, he asked LeBron, hey, can you elaborate on that somewhat cryptic statement at the end? This was the exchange from Dave. Uh, Dave, when you say you got to think about stuff, what thread should we be pulling on that? <laughs> and LeBron says, if I want to continue to play. As in next year, LeBron, yeah. Dave, you would walk away? LeBron, I got to think about it. Uh, so this obviously has everyone going, oh, is LeBron retiring? Or what is LeBron doing here? What's the move? 
What do you, what do you think, TK, after hearing LeBron's uh, comments here last night? I think he's frustrated with being swept out of the playoffs okay. for the second time in his career. He's airing his thoughts, but I also think uh, he could use Tass Mellis or Jermichael Green here to put a big old cap on his head. Because <laughs> there ain't no way LeBron James is retiring <laughs> right. without a retirement tour for an entire season. Right, right. Also, his son is coming into the NBA in basically a year. Maybe LeBron takes a year off. I've heard people suggesting that. That being said, this is no doubt the most mortal LeBron has looked of course. in his NBA career. He's missed significant time in four of his five Lakers season. Only the bubble season. He didn't really miss a huge chunk of time. There was four months off during that season. There's that clip of J.J. Redick going around talking about why he decided to call it quits in the NBA. Basically because he thought his off seasons were a lot harder than the NBA season, getting ready for the stress of yeah. it. That probably is even more so the case with LeBron. We know he spends, what, a million dollars a year on his body. He's the oldest player who's doing stuff in the league right now. So it's got to be quite the strain to be looking at a summer saying, I got to rehab from this foot injury and I got to get ready to go and be the best guy on the court again in just a couple of months but he's going to be back on the court again in a couple of months trying to be the best guy. I do not believe LeBron is retiring just out of nowhere. Tess? He is not retiring. I don't think there's any chance. It's a great point about his offseason, though. That's what old players always say. Dirk always said, just having to do everything pregame, everything in the in the training room, all that stuff is just a pain in the ass. He went to his entire press conference yesterday not talking about it at all basically telling people he wasn't going to mention it. And then right at the end, he gave us a little tease. It's an El Tizo uh, just to basically get us talking, I think, to to say basketball-wise, I have to think about it. Um, I just I just think it's very, very unlikely. He's obviously accomplished everything. He's not. He's the number one scorer. He could, um, but he's so close to Bronny coming. That's probably right. his, biggest, his biggest motivation. And... Another slight motivation, keep Rui around, keep Austin Reeves around, and get somebody else. Right, right, get right. get one more guard. They were pretty close to being – I mean, the Nuggets were the best team, obviously. Uh, but they got to a Western Conference final. They need somebody who can score from the perimeter. That's what they want. So, yeah, there, there are a couple ways to look at this in these comments. Uh, one, it's just classic LeBron. You know, controlling the narrative, having all the headlines – Less talking about being swept in the conference finals and now suddenly like, oh, is that it for LeBron? And we're all yeah. just wondering that for a week. There's that. There's also, you said it, Tass, he's notorious just for applying pressure on his front offices through the media, sometimes through social media, to upgrade rosters, to stay aggressive, to like, hey, look at what I just did in the first half and still did at times. And you go get these guys. You go re-sign these guys. Who knows whether or not it includes... Hey, go get my buddy Kyrie and all that. So there's that. But then the other working theory is, and it's a fun one, I have to admit, could LeBron retire, and I throw that in air quotes because, hey, coming up in, what, a couple days? He said he's going to find out whether he's got to get surgery on this foot. He's going to have the MRI, he said, see how the tendon either healed or didn't heal, and he's going to go from there. So could he retire in the sense like, I'm, I'm done to get surgery on my foot to take care of that to rest whatever you want to call it take the year off and if he actually retired he could forego his money with the lakers he could just go watch Bronny play college hoops for a year and then Bronny, after one and done gets drafted by some team who knows where san antonio spurs and then lebron goes oh 
yeah, I'll, well, I'm back. I'm back to play with him. And could hypothetically then go anywhere and have his farewell tour with his son. Yeah, Vic, Bronny, LeBron, and Pop. I love it. Okay. I love it. So love you it. think this is honestly, that 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 working theory, potentially, he could be like... No, the, the greatest players of all time, they never retire and come back. <laughs> never happens. Right? I mean... Can't think of one. Yeah, yeah. You can't think of anything like that happening. Of course, it's a possibility. I think LeBron will be on the court next season. Yeah, I think if I had to pick of all the options, I think we find out something is of course wrong with this foot, and he does address it with whatever surgery or whatever he has to do. So he misses a massive (laughs) chunk of time next year, a huge amount of time. So he sort of almost takes the year off to 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 rest up. He still gets paid by the Lakers. Whatever it is, uh, $47 million, I think it is. So there is that. And then he has a player option for the year after that, which he could then say, you know, it all depends on the Bronny Jr. situation of where he's going. And is there any potential for him to be on the Lakers, Bronny Jr., or is it another team? He could basically pick and choose then at that point. Because then it will be this weird thing where a team will be drafting Bronny Jr., but also in a weird way drafting LeBron (laughs) to come play for them. That's fascinating. They would be the most famous team instantly. They would be the biggest team in the league. Let's hear what people think. I like this uh, at the very end of the ESPN story. Asked by ESPN if LeBron believed a full summer of rehab could get him back to being the player he was before his foot injury, James nodded. Why? Because I'm still better than 90% of the NBA, he said. Maybe 95. Yeah. Yeah. LeBron doesn't even put himself number one anymore. That's kind of surprising to me, actually. But... (laughs) I mean, being better than 95% of the NBA is pretty good. That's true. Still yeah. pretty good on t- one foot. Yeah, we're talking about a game where he almost played 48 minutes and scored 40 points. It's pretty damn good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he was legitimately hurt at the end of this game, too, when he got picked up something on his shin. He was hobbling around. This wasn't a, uh, oh, my foot injury from a month ago. This was him getting hurt and hobbling around as well. So he was hobbling to the finish line, getting there in the end, and... I guess he knows I mean, when he can't take it every single possession to the hoop, he knows that he is slightly mortal, but he's going to go out on his own terms. I wonder if there's part of him that also thinks, I want Bronny to be his own man and maybe not even play with him on the same team. Maybe to see him do his own thing, maybe not take all the headlines. That would be one maybe hell to, of a swerve. Maybe to be like <laughs> Mello and Kai, uh, where Mello's saying, you are my legacy, and to get out of his way a little bit. The difference there, though, is Melo is not in the league and yeah, not I'm scoring aware. 40 in a elimination game still. I'm aware, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, he would be taking – taking, I don't know, it would be nice. It would be nice. Give him a lot of advice in the locker room and all that. That would be pretty cool. The other way to look at this, I heard uh, Team Holt say it, could be some truth to it, is, uh, you know, after I'm done running a marathon – if you were to put a microphone in my face and say, hey, you ready for your next marathon? I'd say, I'm never running again. Fuck that. Yeah, but he, answered, horrible. But he answered every question and said, I'm not talking about next year. I'm not talking about next year. I'm not talking about and next year. I'm not talking about it. Yeah. Right at the end. Yeah. He knew what he was doing of with course he his, the last words. Oh, yeah, this is my last question. Let me get this in before I move on here just to give you a taste. And then he moved on. You think Michael Malone's upset? That this is this, this is this is line. the big story coming out of the Nuggets sweeping the Lakers out of the playoffs, beating the Lakers for the first time ever in their history, going to the finals for the first time ever in their history. And the story is: is this guy going to come back? And everybody thinks he is. Uh, it's good bulletin board material. No doubt it is. 
No doubt it is. The Nuggets are going to take this guy said he's retiring on you. Let's go win the finals. Michael Malone turned his hat to the side a little bit when he when he, when he gave that little speech at the end and said, "Bron, coming for you." F that. Uh, no, I don't think he's that upset because we have like a hundred days until the NBA finals. <laughs> That's a great so point. So it's like, uh, you know, Adam point. Silver's loving this. Like, God, thanks, Braun. Appreciate that little carrot you dangled out there for everyone. We can talk about this for, mm-hmm. you know, probably good four or five days and then we'll start getting back into the swing of the NBA finals and probably the Nuggets versus the Heat. All right, well, let's hear everybody's uh, theory on what LeBron was doing there at the end of that post-game press conference and what's he going to do, obviously, next season. Is he going to play? Is he going to not? The whole Bronny Jr. situation. You tell us. You tell us. We'll take our first break. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about Carmelo Anthony. Don't go anywhere. Discover the latest collections from David Yerman, as seen recently, styled on basketball stars like Jaime Jaquez, Jalen Green, D'Angelo Russell, and others. David Yerman is a celebrated American jewelry company inspired by the beauty of art, architecture, and the natural world. The story of David Yerman begins in New York City, with David, a sculptor, and his wife Sybil, a painter and ceramicist. When the artists began collaborating, their goal was to simply make beautiful designed objects to wear. Over 40 years later, the Yermans and their son Evan continue to redefine American luxury jewelry with timeless modern collections for women and men defined by inspiration, innovation, consummate craftsmanship, and cable, the brand's artistic signature. David Yerman's collections are available on davidyerman.com. All right, still here in the Classic Factory. If you're joining us live on YouTube, we'd love to see it. Make sure you hit that like button and make sure you subscribed. Uh, this news broke yesterday, right before the show, and we promised that we'd talk about it in greater detail on today's pod. So here we are, Carmelo Anthony. Carmelo Anthony officially retired from the NBA on Monday, the number three pick in the 2003 NBA draft. Spent 19 seasons in the league, last played in an NBA game last season as a member of the Lakers. Uh, retires as the number nine scorer in league history. Only LeBron, Kareem, Carl Malone, Kobe, Jordan, Dirk, Wilton, Shaq scored more than the Mellow Man, who finished with 28,289 points. His legacy long secure. You know, he was named to the 75 greatest players in NBA history list, 10-time All-Star, scoring champ, six-time All-NBA selection, won a championship title back with Syracuse, and three Olympic gold medals, too, in 08, 2012, and 2016. So what a career, finally hanging it up. How will Melo be remembered to you guys? What will be one of the first things that like pops in your mind when you're thinking Melo, besides the hats? <laughs> the hats will be high on the list but uh every once in a while you see a tweet go around during the summertime usually people forget this guy was a bucket mm. right 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 no one will ever forget that carmelo anthony <laughs> was a bucket you talk about having a deep bag one of the deepest mellow uh had so that's how i remember him as a walking bucket kind of operating out of the mid post on either side uh left or right just a whole bunch of jab steps pump fakes fadeaways bully ball there have been numerous clips going around of players from Melo's generation talking about the hardest guys to guard when they were playing and Melo always comes up because of how physical he was and just like how much of a brute he was using his force to get to the hoop and for a guy who had really quick footwork and a nice jumper man he was a strong strong player so that's what I'll remember about Melo, like, able to score on anybody. 
when you're looking at the greatest players of his generation, there's probably an S tier that he's not quite making, but he's in an S tier for cool players, and he's in the A tier for performance on the court. He wanted to go to the Knicks when nobody wanted to go to the Knicks. He went there. They were better than they had been in a couple of decades. Uh, so, yeah, he's a, he's a Knicks legend to me. So, shout out to Mella. A bucket, obviously, the first and foremost, and retired a top 10 scorer is something else I'll remember because that sort of sneaked up as he was doing it in his latter years. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, well, what won't make the accolades but should be recognized is that he reinvented himself at the end of his career when we all thought, nah, that ain't going to happen. It sure didn't seem that way when he was with OKC in 2017 and he said, me, come off the bench, ha, 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 ha. And then he went to Houston, and they released him, and it sure felt like it was over. And then he got three more years after that. So I, I will definitely re- yeah, remember that this guy who was a number one guy throughout his Nuggets and Knicks tenures uh, decided, I want to extend my career. And that must have been difficult for him. And it is difficult for a lot of players, as we've seen. But uh, it's become more of a trend, him and his former OKC teammate, uh, Westbrook, doing that. So I'll remember a bunch of those things. I mean, a lot of a lot of – a lot of stuff from the Nuggets years and the and the Knicks years, which the jersey retirement question is a great one, I think, with the Knicks. With the Knicks. Yeah. More likely than Denver. The way sort of More that ended. likely Jokic wearing number fifteen, I guess now too. I th- I think the, the Knicks situation is the fact that they stunk for so long. And yeah, yeah. and the and the way that it's all about the way a fan base sees a player. And I, I think from two thousand to two thousand ten before he got there, they stunk. He got there. They were relevant, even if they didn't win a lot. And then he left, and they were bad. And so mm-hmm. they embraced him. He really, really embraced them. And I do see that, even if it's a pretty exclusive club, especially because they haven't won a lot in their history, I think he could – I think he'll get there. I think he'll probably get both, even though it was just six-plus years uh, with the Knicks – and seven plus with the the Nuggets, I could see both. Well, like Denver, similar to the Knicks, before Melo showed up, they were bad. Yeah, I mean, they were never in the postseason. Oh yeah, he shows up. They're suddenly in the playoffs every year. They go to the conference finals the one year. Now it ended poorly in the sense that like, yeah, he he left. He you know he didn't want to be there. He wanted to be in New York. Some of that was family related reasons. The 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 payday obviously just to play in Madison Square Garden. Uh, there's that. I think I'll remember Mello. This is going to sound weird, but like as the ultimate winner that never won uh, an NBA ring, of course. He came up short in that regard. You know, didn't even go to the finals. But an ultimate winner because he won everywhere else. Obviously, his lone year at Syracuse, which is one of the most iconic like college seasons for a freshman ever. So he does that. And then he wins all these Olympic gold medals too. And you can be like, well, who cares? Like, you know, you're on these dream team-like teams. You should win. But he was, like, generally, like, one of the best players on those teams. You also got, like, a different mellow on those Olympic squads where, like, he was, like, more focused on playing defense. That game, that style suited him uh, in terms of, of course, just scoring and getting his shots. And I saw Sam Quinn say this. I didn't know this. I'll make it a trivia question for you guys from CBS Sports. The NBA started sending players to the Olympics in 92. Since then, only three players have won a gold medal and an NCAA championship without having won an NBA title. So it's Melo and two other guys won a championship title and a gold medal. Can you name them? And didn't win, obviously, in the NBA. And they're, they're iconic players. Grant. Patrick Ewing. Nice pull. Grant. Look at you guys. Bang! One, two. Patrick Ewing, 
created the club in 1992. Grant Hill joined it in 96, and Mello completed the trio in winning a bunch of gold medals, as I said, in, in 08, 12, and uh, 16. Yeah, just wild. So one on every level, and unfortunately not the NBA one, which matters. You know, he falls in with your Barclays and your you know, Stocktons and, and guys like Ewing. that. Ewing is Ewing. a great cop yeah. for Mello. And Ewing got his jersey retired by the Knicks. Now, obviously, Patrick Ewing played... 90% of his career yeah. uh, with the Knicks. They went really far uh, with him, farther than Mello ever did. But I think definitely she should have his number retired by the Nuggets. Just retire 15 twice. Who cares? Yeah. does not oh, matter yeah. to Doesn't me matter. at all. It's just hanging up there. Now we know nobody's going to wear 15. And for the Knicks, I kind of think they will. He put the Knicks back on the map and made them matter at least a little bit. And the best that the Knicks have been in the past two decades has been with Mello as their star. Yeah, that's the thing. If they were really, really good between 2000 2010 before he got there then maybe it's different but they have been so bad for so long <laughs> that ha- that's that's got uh that's something he has going for him in terms of retiring we're raptors fans it's similar to, to chris bosh for an era he did a lot when he was with the raptors he left and you know you look back at his accolades he was the, the best player for a long time on that team do you want to retire yeah, that Knicks, especially because even what's different than Bosch is that Melo went back and embraced embraced the organization. He was just there a few weeks ago. Oh, so, right. so with that, they've, there's a love fest there. Yeah. yeah. One more trivia question: Why not? Melo spent the first 13 years of his career playing for the Nuggets and the Knicks. In all that time, he had three All Star teammates. Okay, first 13 years again on Denver and New York. Can you name the three All Star teammates that Melo played with? Made the All Star game when he was yeah. on the- Iverson. Correct. Uh, Tyson Chandler. Correct. With the Knicks, he averaged 10.4 points mm. per game when he made it. You know, Billups, Billups, probably. Billups yep. make it? Look at you guys. Mm. Look at this. We guys, this one-two game you guys are running right now. This is great. This, I mean, this is our generation. I know. Mm. Headband generation. It's true. You should mm. know it. Uh, Billups, Iverson, and Tyson Chandler. The only teammates he had in that very long span there. With a lot yeah. of successful seasons, not going far as they would have liked, but always in the playoffs. Sometimes winning series here and there, uh, the one run in in '09. But yeah, I think you that go was back and watch uh, Mellow highlights the way we've been doing, uh, and you see he was a little undermanned a lot of the time yeah. compared to, to like a LeBron team. You know, with the Heat, they had three All Stars, multiple Hall of Famers, um, and then Mellow's running out there with like young Porzingis. Jose Calderon at the end of his career. Now, a lot of that was because Melo wanted to sign a gigantic deal with the Knicks. Melo also forced the trade to the Knicks from the Nuggets when he could have just signed there in the postseason. They could have kept all those young guys. Uh, Wilson Chandler and Gallinari. uh, Gallinari. They could have built a really nice squad, but Melo wanted to be the top dog. It hurt their cap sheet. Maybe that's why they didn't have quite as deep a team as a a Heat squad would, but definitely Melo was going into those not as the favorite and not winning. And one of those future pick swaps, I believe it was, in that mellow Denver trade back in the day ended up being Jamal Murray. Yep. How perfectly timed is all of that with him going off in the conference finals, him being that pick in that deal that moved Mello to New York. That's wild. Also, this point from Jeff Stotts, who does a great job uh, at In Street Clothes. He noted that Mello's durability remains one of his most overlooked traits, too. He finished his career... On the record here with over 100 injuries or illnesses, including multiple surgeries on his left knee, his elbow surgery, because you know how they track all this stuff, right? He does. But despite all this, like I said, all of these injuries, he had a broken hand, he had a shoulder issue, he's had a million ankle sprains, as you probably do if you're an NBA player, but 
He only missed 141 games hmm. due to injury over a very long career. He ranks top 25 all time in career minutes played. So I thought that was a, an interesting thought. I don't think of Melo that way. Um, sort of, not, I'm not yeah. not an Iron Man, but oh no, sure, he played a lot. Yeah, very durable. And, and uh, part of that is his size. This guy was a big ass dude, and I'll always remember him screaming uh, for his rebounds too. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of those clips going around. Yeah, yesterday. <laughs> really good. Complete nonsense. He's just yelling at his teammates only because he's close to the rim. I think. Yeah, yeah, he's just he, doing it for the bit. Even in his Blazers days, he was doing it. <laughs> yeah, it's like whoa, that's pretty late. Still wanting those numbers, I, I guess. That's good. Uh, but you said. Injuries and illnesses yeah, that yeah, he missed. Yeah. I, I consider myself an NBA sickle, but I can't remember a, a sickness that he missed a game from. <laughs> oh, I'm going deep. I don't know, man. I'm sure it's on the list. <laughs> you don't think he ever had a migraine or a stomach ache? Uh, yeah, yeah I believe it. Oh, South right. Beach flu? Yeah, that probably. I didn't realize he was such an Iron Man. Though. A little too much wine. Uh, do you have a favorite mellow moment or game or shot or anything as we wrap this up? Uh, a few stick out to me. The 2009 Western Conference Finals that was like Melo took it upon himself to be guarding Kobe, yeah. him and Kobe going head-to-head against each other. Uh, that's one of an early Melo moment I definitely think about. 62 in the Garden. That's pretty pretty awesome. Olympic Melo is big for me yeah. uh, as well. I th- I'm pretty sure when he stopped playing for Team USA, he was the leading scorer in the program. I think it's Kevin him. Durant yeah. now uh, after the 2020 Olympics, but Olympic Melo was definitely a thing. And then there's like... Random off-court stuff. The hats, of course. For some reason, like, his chocolate milk commercial always sticks in my (laughs) mind. I guess he was a durable player. Chocolate milk works. Um, Saying, Carmelo Anthony. Very fun. The mellow drop. Uh, It was good to have him around. (laughs) Tass, you got any other moments? Well, yeah, he went through good ones. Uh, Yeah, the Olympics, part of the Redeem team. Uh, with with Kobe, uh, that team in Brazil where he was going to the favelas when uh, people were saying don't uh, don't go to the favelas, that, it's dangerous out there. Right. He was just going on his own. I saw Aldridge write about that. Uh, very very cool stuff in, in 2016 in Rio. Four times that he he went, and so he's leading uh, the U.S. program in games played uh, still. So he is the, the Olympic mellow is always was always fun every four years to to look at a guy who is willing to give the ball up to somebody else and be a, a different type of player than he was in the NBA because of who he was playing with. I'll definitely remember the random January game where he goes for sixty two, uh, setting the Knicks record there against the Charlotte Bobcats, uh, I believe it was, in 2014. I think they were the Cats. Um, I remember watching it here in Atlanta in my old apartment. And uh, as that that point total ticked up, 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 you know, the techs start going, everybody starts going, you got to check this out. These guys on fire right now. So, you know, that one will uh, will live in my memory. But Mello was a bucket, and let's hear yours. I'm sure we're missing a bunch of games, shots, moments, uh Oh, you didn't bring up the time he hit a couple big shots against the Bulls, right? Didn't he hit a... I must have slipped my mind. <laughs> didn't Completely he hit, did he hit the mind. game-tying three, and then he hit the also the game-winning <laughs> three in overtime? Like, almost from the same I spot, right. I think it was. I yeah. think you're right. Uh, a lot of people saying um, the three to the head. Oh, three to the dome, baby. Uh, Mello coming off or coming out of the stands, catching a ball and doing the fake shot. Yep. Very funny. That It seemed like Mello's career was over yeah. at that point. Then he went on to play a few more seasons uh, after that. Uh, all right, some coaching... Updates, if you want to call it that. 
Let me throw them at you guys. Uh, reports that the Raptors met with Steve Nash, Tass. What? To discuss the coaching <laughs> job. The Raptors are meeting with every person in the world. You ever coached? <laughs> we want to talk to you. We want to hear what you got to say. Mm-hmm. Um, Have you ever been on TV? Come on over. <laughs> what do you think about this? Obviously, uh, mm. Nash let go of the Brooklyn Nets. This season, that happened. Yeah. Uh, seven games in, I want to say. It was very, very early, but uh, <laughs> he had... He had a tough hand to deal with there in Brooklyn, no doubt. Uh, a little more complicated, I think, than other coaches in their in their first stint. But do you think there's anything to this, the idea of Steve Nash? First thing Coach I Nash. think of, what is he doing? Uh, <laughs> don't, don't you want to chill out? It's a good job. I'm sure it's a great organization, top to bottom. But he just let, got let go. Take some R and R time, I would say a year, perhaps. You yeah, think these, these athletes, man, they're built, they're built yeah, different, I know, man. I know they can't turn it off. He can't stop playing well, soccer. He can go play he can't soccer. Stop stretching. Don't play soccer. No, he can't. He can't stop go. stretching. He can't. He really does. He's stretching the whole time. I swear to God, my Besides, Instagram like, doing, feed man? is always popping up some Steve Nash like product about stretching. Yeah, <laughs> staying well, limber. Okay, he, he can do other stuff. Head coaching is stressful. You can't even stretch while you're coaching. That's what pickleball was invented for. Old guys to go whoa, whoa, do something whoa, else. Curveball. Yeah. <laughs> go do, yeah. Uh, uh, go play pickleball. Go Steve play Nash pickleball. would dominate at pickleball. He'd be, be a great player. <laughs> He's got that great touch. He could win it all. Uh, so, but you I'm don't think surprised. this is going to be an, a realistic coaching candidate? Why wouldn't it? I think it could be a realistic. Yeah. If he wants it. So you think Steve Nash is a good head coach, or do you just don't? We just don't know at all because of, again, a very weird situation there. With That's people. the question: Is Steve Nash a good coach? Yeah. No one knows. It's impossible to know because from the second he got to Brooklyn, they were saying, hey, "This guy ain't the coach," <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> so know. he kind of you need to see him with a non-star team to know if Steve Nash is a good coach. But are you willing to take that risk if it's your team that's the non-star team? Yeah, I don't yeah. know about that. Mm. I mean, I guess he was. One game away from conference finals in his first season as a head coach. Fair, fair point. <laughs> and then all, is he over five hundred? It's quite. Oh possible. no, he has a good. No, he has a very good record. I think in terms yep. of regular season sure. performance. Yeah. Uh, all right, this so would be that. his second time. What was so? He's. I'm sure he's learned something. Was there something lacking in X's and O's in Brooklyn when he was just basically allowed to say, "Hey, Kevin Durant, go do this. Yeah, right. Hey, Kyrie, go do this." Maybe, but we haven't had him had to see him do that so he would be a different coach i think yeah yeah in his second stint with a different type of team without the superstars we'll see uh the bucks they have also narrowed their head coaching search down to three names according to Woj. uh we've got ex-toronto coach nick nurse warriors assistant kenny atkinson and raptors assistant adrian griffin Um, Those three coaches will be part of the conversations with the franchise leadership in the coming days. Nurse, Atkinson, and Griffin. It sounds like it's going to be one of those three. Now, Nurse is also tied to the Suns' job and the Sixers' job. So he is the bell of the ball. He is. Nick Nurse with his guitar. Who wants Mm. to dance with me? (laughs) Can you dance with someone while they play a guitar? Mm. Yeah, you, you could. Yeah, yeah, you gotta dance. On You'd have them. to like, yeah, yeah. Them. They're, not, they're just grooving. Yeah, you could grind behind them like uh, Stephen Tyler and Joe Perry. Yeah, okay, they figured know. it out. Aerosmith <laughs> is coming to town. Let's go see. Uh, Giannis is going to win MVP if Nick Nurse is the coach. Mm. 
It's gonna That's play my prediction. Every single minute. He's going to play a lot more <laughs> minutes, and the stats will be crazy, and the team will be good because they will be geared towards winning in the regular season. I think that the next Bucks coach should probably be an offense forward uh, coach, somebody who's got a little bit of creativity on that end, and that fits the bill, whether it's Nurse or Kenny Atkinson. I'm guessing they would choose Nurse ahead of Atkinson just because he's coming off of a head coaching job, but who knows. But Kenny deserves a, another chance. He was fantastic with the Brooklyn Nets, and in a, a team situation where he was getting the most out of role players, I think he would do a good job of getting more out of like the four, five, six, seven guys on that team. And yeah, he wants uh, this position, I, I assume, because he turned down the Charlotte position. Right. He's <laughs> he, trying to do the Steve Kerr move where Steve Kerr was going to coach the Knicks, and he's like, ah, man, maybe I'll go coach the Warriors. That works out well for Steve Kerr, and that's what Kenny's trying to do here with, like, he was going to be the Hornets coach. Yeah, so and he's I, like, eh, no, I'm going to go back and stick with the Warriors. <laughs> maybe a better job will open up. Yep. He's right. It's possible right here. This. this is a good time. So I think he would be a great hire, Ken or Nick. What about Adrian? Ken, Nick, and Adrian. I don't think they would go to a, a rookie head coach in Adrian Griffin, but maybe um, considering how far he's come along in the process. Yeah, he's he been could. a steady climber here when talking about head coaching candidates. Um, four years on Nurse's staff, he has been with the Raps. He had stops in OKC, Orlando, Chicago, and he started his NBA coaching career as an assistant for... Oh, come on. The Milwaukee Bucks. Oh, okay. Back in uh, 08. <laughs> I uh, remember to that 2010. Year. Yeah, so I mean, he's got some ties, I guess, Adrian Griffin. to the franchise. But he's been a long-time assistant coach, and yep. one of these days he's going to get a crack at it. I don't know. I, I'm with you. I'm not sure it's going to be this Milwaukee team. And really, it's like, where does Nurse want to coach if, if he has these offers from Phoenix, from Philly, and Milwaukee? <laughs> like, where is he going to go? Detroit, we think they're going young. And then, obviously, it leaves the Toronto Raptors, as we talked about, with them talking to everybody. I can't wait. Are you? When where, you fly, where, where are you flying best? up? Do you want to fly up together when we do our interviews with Masai and Bobby? <laughs> oh, you're not on. Separate, no, I'm going separate. Oh, okay. Are you before me or after? Me? <laughs> hey, put in a good word for me, and I'll put in a good word All for right, you. Sure. You guys should do it like if we'll I get the job. Just, if I get the job, you'll be on my staff, and yeah. if you get the job, hopefully I'll be on your staff. You're not gonna do it stepbrother style. One of you sits in front, one of you sits in back, and pops your head out to the side. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I like that idea. Tuxedos, of course. <laughs> All right, we gotta take our final break, and when we come back, uh, a couple tweets of the night. Don't go anywhere. Spring is the best time to add new challenges to your training just in time for those warm summer days. Pool season's coming soon, so I've been hitting the weights with Peloton and my guy Adrian Williams trying to get my muscle on in order to expand my cannonball splash radius. Peloton's varying class lengths were designed with your training plan in mind. It's easy to personalize your workout. Whether you'd like to add a 10-minute core session at the end of your strength class or take a 60-minute power zone ride to increase your endurance, Peloton classes are designed to help focus on your needs and goals. There are a variety of classes like boot camps, boxing, full body strength, or marathon training, all created to grow your skills or push you to improve in what you already excel in. And their expert coaches and nonstop vibes will push you to new levels of strength and endurance, keeping you on your toes while giving you the professional coaching you need. Shout out to Adrian, Aditi, Andy, and Emma. I love you all so much. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, row or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton has everything you need to get you where you're going. Get your head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. 
Hey, we're back. Let's get to Tweet of the Night. Mmm. Tweet of the Night. Wow. Twitter. Couple of tweets of the night for you, both Carmelo Anthony related because he was popping on Twitter last night and all of yesterday. Our first one comes from Dragonfly Jones, who tweets, I can't overstate how big of a moment this was. This was 2013. Celebs weren't getting in the trenches on Twitter like that back then. Melo and Rihanna were the lone Spartans on Twitter, taking on the masses back then. Melo ran so KD could fly. Dragonfly Jones is referencing Carmelo's legendary tweet from December 2013. Somebody tweets about how Melo didn't win a ring. You kill me, man. I've been rooting for you all the time. You're always disappoint me. To which Carmelo responds, I didn't ask for your glazed donut face ass to root for me anyway. <laughs> so a month later, he scored 62. That yeah. was wild. I bet that guy was cheering. Yeah, I bet he was. With that glazed donut face ass. <laughs> One of the best NBA insults. Uh, that was and, the best time on Twitter. Yeah. That yeah, was definitely. Definitely. Yeah. When people had to like uh, name themselves the real something. Yeah. The real Shaq. Isn't, there like, isn't Scott Van Pelt the opposite? Not the real? Yeah. SVP. Vince or... Car- I feel like Vince Carter was a real Vince Carter. Yeah, you see a Grant few of Hill? Them. Maybe it was Grant Hill. Yeah, maybe yeah. so. Uh, Mo Verney, I know he was the real Mo Verney. <laughs> <laughs> but, you do uh, see a few of those remnants, but you had to be on Twitter early to yeah. get a the real name. Yeah. And celebrities, honestly, you know, were, were doing it differently back then. Totally. Absolutely it, true. It, it was a little bit more raw. They took it personally. And Mello had some some great one. The donut glazed face. I didn't ask your donut glazed face. And he also, I, I didn't realize this and, and look and seeing all those moments when he uh, commented on Kevin Durant's profile pic on Facebook a long time ago. He he said he said your milk dud head ass. LMFAO. <laughs> it was a very round. Round face of a profile pic. Your milk dud head ass. <laughs> it did kind of look like a milk dud. Uh, oh man, killing it. Mello killed it. Mello, Mello likes an emerging technology. Uh, he yeah. he considered himself a bit of a, a businessman. Yeah. Uh, away from the court, so you know he's hopping on Twitter in the early days to talk trash with people. You know he's gonna joke with Kevin Durant on Facebook. He, uh, he like he started a Snapchat when he was on Team USA <laughs> in 2016. He's like, I'm hanging out with all these young kids. I got to start a Snapchat, which I think is very funny. And as it turns out, Melo has always uh, been able to dish it out just the way uh, he took criticism because here's our second tweet of the night. It comes from Fred Katz, our buddy over here at The Athletic. Subscribe at theathletic.com slash nodunks. Fred tweeted, when I covered Melo in OKC, I had to write from locker room post-game to get stories in for a 10.30 deadline. So at like 10.27, Mello would come over and heckle me for fun. One time, he pointed at the screen and said, that sentence is trash. <laughs> also, you gotta type faster than that. <laughs> I love this. Oh, that's good. We hear all the time, how, how would you like if I came to your job and heckled you? Yeah, Mello right. does it. <laughs> that sounds awesome. That sentence sucks, cats. That sentence uh, is trash. Oh, that's good. <laughs> there was also a, a tweet from Fred Katz about the time uh, he shared a story about Mello trying to convince him Joe DiMaggio was Jewish. <laughs> yes. <laughs> they got into it in the locker memories. room. I, it was cool to see like a lot of the OKC uh, beat writers or, or, or people that cover the team, along with definitely Blazers, people like that just like enjoyed having Mello around those squads at the end of his career mm-hmm. for that one year in OKC and then yep. a couple years there in Portland and everyone like just always pointing out how cool he is too 
He does feel like one of the coolest players in NBA yep. history. So those are some some great tweets there. <laughs> that sense is trash. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine one hurt. of the 75 greatest NBA players is just watching you type. You got to type faster than that, Fred. <laughs> the pressure to get it in. That's awesome. Uh, you know cats hit that deadline, though. Oh, of course. Come on. Of course. He would never keep people waiting. No, no, for sure. Uh, all right, great tweets of the night. Let's call it there. Uh, tell us whether or not it was a classic by leaving us a five-star rating and review if you're a podcast listener, hitting that like button, and subscribing if you're watching on YouTube either live or later. We really do appreciate it. And uh, we should have said thanks to the Denver Nuggets, I guess also the Lakers in a weird way, no basketball on tomorrow night, which is important because we have three hours of Survivor to watch. It's the season finale of Survivor 44. Maybe Jokic, maybe Murray, Maybe Malone, maybe they're Survivor fans, and they were like, we got to wrap this up. <laughs> we got to open up the schedule on Wednesday night. Okay. Um, I very much, I'm with you. I agree. I, I very much appreciate them <laughs> taking care of business. Big time. So <laughs> Jeff does too. There's probes. Yeah, Jeff is very, very happy. Didn't want to go head to head with the Western Conference Finals. But if I'm ranking Denver Nuggets personnel who are likely Survivor fans, Mike Malone's got to come in pretty high. Oh, really? You think so? He's old. He's been around. He's been around for the entirety of the okay. run of Survivor. Yeah, uh, that's why number two to me would be Jeff Green. Oh yeah, yeah. Also old. <laughs> Uncles love Survivor. <laughs> and then Bruce Brown, I would throw in the mix. I don't know why. I'd, I'd, like, to see, like, I'd like to see. I'd like to see Bruce yeah, Brown yeah, yeah. on Survivor. Mm-hmm. Be a great player. Great social player. Okay, well we have a week off before the Nuggets at least play in the finals. Somebody in Denver start asking all these guys. Hey, do you like Survivor? Would you Adam Morris, it's yeah, on you. Yeah, let's get at it here. All right, do the research. All right, guys, thanks so much for joining us. Until uh, next time, Clipper Bros. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Uh, thanks for joining us. And remember, with a week off before the finals, probably the NBA is going to have a uh, skills challenge this weekend. Pro Bowl, probably. <laughs> Why not? What are we waiting for? You want to play horse? Let's do, a skills let's do horse. Right let's go back to Mike Conley's gym. Dodgeball. Let's do some Pickleball. Stuff. Just do Can't some get injured stuff. playing pickleball. A week of just do some <laughs> stuff. Just do some stuff. Yeah, that's what we'll be doing here on No Dunks. Don't you worry. Don't go anywhere, everybody. Embrace the day.